Welcome to episode 20 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and today with me on the couch, our co-host, Matt. <laughs> What's up? And today we're bringing back our wrestling buddy, Connor's here. What's going on, Kofi? Not much. Well, actually a lot. We have a lot to talk about today. We have a lot of new movie stuff to talk about, thanks to CinemaCon going on, and... We're going to be talking about some wrestling today, which is why uh, you two are here and excited because there's a small event in wrestling happening this week. Yeah, you probably never heard of it. It's called uh, WrestleMania 35. It's a, oh. a small little show, you know, little 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 bingo, little bingo hall. Little house show, still trying to gain an audience. So we're going to help it out by talking a whole <laughs> WrestleMania preview. But first, like I said, we have a bunch of new movie stuff to talk about, largely because CinemaCon is happening in Vegas right now. Uh, that's where you're going to find uh, Brandon Davis yep. out there doing his all-day cowboy stint <laughs> for us, getting the scoops on all the hot new things coming to theaters soon. And we've already gotten some exciting things that we've seen, uh, a lot of new footage that uh, kind of debuted there for some highly anticipated films. And we're going to talk about a couple of them, starting with you know, no pun intended, a Dark Horse film out of the bunch, which would be Terminator Dark Fate, a.k.a. Terminator 6. And we've only briefly talked about it on Comic Book Nation because there wasn't so much to talk about. We hardly know anything. Yeah. Um, we know Arnold Schwarzenegger's coming back. Linda Hamilton's coming back. It's one of those long-awaited sequels that picks up right after T2 and kind of jettisons the rest of the... Uh, franchise if you care to remember it from t3 to uh terminator salvation to genesis but during CinemaCon, we got the first look at the terminator 6 footage and we have a description provided to us by brandon davis and i think we're all kind of in agreement here it looks it sounds at least pretty damn cool it sounds great. I I read all of what's like two three paragraphs of that yeah let's just, description sounds yeah we'll great. take them uh We'll take them through it real quick just so you guys can get a sense. So basically, if you haven't been keeping up with CinemaCon, what we heard from this kind of initial set of footage is that it starts in Mexico City and on a highway, and we get the scene where a mysterious kind of pivotal figure in this whole thing, who is Mackenzie Davis, the actress, who's been seen in the, like, the only few promo photos we've seen. She doesn't quite look like a Terminator, but she doesn't quite look like a human. Yeah. And we've been kind of wondering about that. But in this photo, she appears, does the whole naked thing when, you know, they're time, the Terminator time travel yeah. portal. And she appears in a stage, another scene, where she kind of strips this guy down after saving them. Um, this couple from a term or from police, she saves them and then they're all like thankful and she's like, ooh, don't thank me yet. And she steals the guy's <laughs> clothes and, you know, classic Terminator stuff. But I think the key detail is, is that she's kind of referred to, at least by Brandon, as like an enhanced yeah. person, which is, I don't know quite yet what that means in the Terminator verse. But it sounds like some weird hybrid where now like humans are getting enhanced to battle Terminators or. Well, and like in the photos or in the few photos that they released from it, you can see like her shoulder has like this line. Yeah. It very much looks like a robotic split where like a cybernetic part yeah. would in go. The, in the first promo photo of her, Linda Hamilton, and the young actress, I forget her name, um, uh, Danny, I think she's uh, called Danny Ramos or something in yeah. the film. And yeah, Mackenzie Davis has all these lines that look like they could pop open and be yeah. like cybernetic parts or weapons or crazy stuff, like something out of Alita Battle Angel. So... Yeah, this is our first kind of hint of that, which sounds like a very cool concept mm -hmm. to me because it's something like we never th thought of. It's like there's been this human war versus machines, but yeah, eventually maybe the humans do 
take some machine to be able to battle machines. And that would be really cool to me as a Terminator fan to see. But it goes on and we get like uh, our first look at Gabriel Luna, who was uh, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as Ghost Rider. As the, he's the MCU Ghost Rider right yeah, now. Yeah, really cool Ghost Rider. Yeah, really cool Ghost Rider, Robbie Reyes. And he is the new Terminator, or at least one of the new Terminators in this film. And we get a scene with him at a car crash where it looks like he's coming after this Danny Ramos character and Linda Hamilton's Sarah Connor shows up That's for awesome. what is a pretty badass <laughs> kind of callback scene to her now serving in the role that like the Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator served for her in the first two films where she pulls up, basically like lights up some Terminators, just dropping grenades and blasting off shotguns and says like, drops an I'll be back line. And you she's know? like, run, like that whole thing of like, run, like go now and yeah. I've got this. Like that, yeah. if, it, if it looks half as cool as it sounds, like yeah. this is a great, it's gonna be an awesome scene. Yeah, I think this is gonna be like a major comeback film for Linda Hamilton is what it sounds yeah. like, which is well-deserved because Sarah Connor is kind of like, the badass center of this franchise, especially in T2. I mean, I'll never forget like seeing that in the, in the arms and everything, you know? Yeah. So that sounded really cool. And yeah, she just comes out and she's taking on Terminator. She tells a girl to run. She says, I'll be back as she goes and tossing grenades and popping off shots and, you know, really lighting it up. Now and this so. footage did not, did it not include Schwarzenegger? It didn't include a. I don't him, see right? anything about him. I think they're kind of still keeping that, which like, is pretty impressive. Under wraps that were this excited for it and like yeah. it didn't even like they didn't even touch him. Right? They're like, no, no, no. Let's give you some of the new stuff, and then the one callback is Linda Hamilton. And they're just like keeping that over here, yeah. whereas before in every other campaign, right? We see him. Yeah, or it's all it's Arnold. All pushed. No, so this is promising. Yeah, there's definitely, definitely got the biggest pop. When he showed up at CinemaCon, in the sense, because he came up and apparently went on a long rambling speech, but everyone went nuts for him. Yeah, I Which mean, is, that's, that's, Arnold. That's, yeah, yeah, that's expected. Just having him walk in a room and people go nuts <laughs> is great. If you don't let him talk, it's even better. Just turn it back around and send him out. He got the crowd hype. He's like, I've done Plus, my job. Old, old Schwarzenegger as a Terminator isn't something new to this series. No. So it's probably smart of them to be like, hey, let's show you some other stuff yeah, that exactly. to bring you in. And we don't know what role he's playing. I mean, he could be like an aged Terminator, like in Genesis, where he was Pops. He could be just a human dude that was the basis of the Terminators. Like, we we don't know. Oh, yeah. And the only photos we've seen in some production video, he's, like, sitting outside of his house. He has a dog. He's drinking brews. He's sitting around with Linda Hamilton. And he just looks like an old survivalist almost or something like that. That would be a really interesting way to go Yeah, if, and, if they do that. That's, yeah. yeah, and like, like I said, so we don't know what his role is. We are still unsure about a lot of it, but... This first footage sounds good, and I really kind of now want to see this first trailer. And I'm slowly, and I'm saying this slowly, becoming more optimistic about Terminator Dark Fate. I mean, you were pretty enthusiastic about... I like the title because I think it yeah. opens up the concept to, you know, this whole time travel and this idea that no fate but what we make it. It now sounds depressing, like, yeah, we're headed for some really serious <laughs> yeah. stuff mm -hmm. and it's going to get dark. And I think that if they do it the right way, if... It could tie into kind of today and, you know, our current dark timeline that we're all living in. And Very true. Yeah, so that'll be great. So we're looking forward to more of that. You can read Brandon's full breakdown on the site. He did a good job of kind of covering it and then kind of really bringing the hype for this. Uh, we're going to move on because we got a curious little tease that may not be anything but could be something. And it comes from none other than Fast and the Furious icon Vin Diesel 
who showed up on the set of the Avatar sequels to take a selfie with James Cameron and kind of loosely promote himself without actually saying anything <laughs> by saying, like, it's been a dream come true to work with this. It's been a dream come there it true is. to work with this guy. <laughs> and it shows Jim Cameron, and they're making Men in Black jokes about how they're going to have to flash him and erase his memory. But there's a hint that uh, Vin Diesel could be showing up in some of the Avatar sequels, which, you know, let's pause for a minute and just kind of lay this out because it gets confusing every time I'm writing about this because they approved Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5. So far, what we know is that filming has wrapped on, I believe, 2 and 3. But then we started to get all these kind of new casting things that will presumably be for 4 and 5. Yeah. I'm sorry, like Edie Falco coming in. Like It seems like 2 and 3 will still bring back Stephen Lang as Miles Quaritch or whatever his name was. It's been so long since I've seen None of those names matter. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> a lot One of come on. So like Stephen Lang's coming back, and he'll have a whole, it seems like, a whole trilogy to play out versus him versus Jake and, you know, Natiri and all that. But then in 4, something new. It's almost like a new chapter and Edie Falco is going to be the new military commander uh, of Sopranos and Nurse Jackie fame. And now it sounds like Vin Diesel may be involved in some way, too, and possibly for, you know, Avatar, like I said, this second installment mm -hmm. of the story or second chapter, however they're doing it. Right. There's a lot of unknowns there. Like, are yeah. we going to actually see Vin Diesel, or is he doing the Groot thing, and they just want to, you know, a motion capture character with a cool, icon, you know, famous voice? We don't know. But we do know that if Vin Diesel does join Avatar, yeah, those projects are going to get a crazy marketing promotion boost because... Yes, because he just commands... Yeah, I mean, self, Vin Diesel promoting Vin Diesel is like a business in and of itself. And like and whatever knows? project he's attached By to. By then, Bloodshot yeah. might have come out and rocked the world. Oh, <laughs> oh God, that's oh, a thing. Man, that is a thing. So that's maybe... a movie with people in it. Yeah, One of those man, people Vin is Diesel? Vin Diesel. Valiant's... Bloodshot. It's gonna change yeah. superhero films. That's what I said. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. So maybe I'm just or, quoting. Or, yeah. No one will take them seriously ever again. <laughs> That's how it will change them. Taking a page out of David Harbour's playbook and be like, if it sounds iffy, this movie you're leading, <laughs> this comic book movie, you should probably start casting that uh, next. Movie. The question is, is it going to be better or worse than Hellboy? Is the question there? Bloodshot. Yep. It's an unknown, unknown. That's an unknown. I'm gonna unknown. go. Oh God, that's hard. Because what I've seen from Hellboy, I would almost give it to Bloodshot because I haven't seen anything. And the <laughs> yeah, stuff I've perfect. seen from Hellboy, it doesn't look great. But yeah, we don't know anything. But like, yeah, I mean, David Harbour's already joining Black Widow, even though Hellboy's about to open. Uh, so maybe Vin Diesel saw some of Bloodshot and was like, yeah, 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 yeah. So Cameron, Avatar, Avatar. <laughs> it's Fast and Furious. Gotta get that post group money. That man. Hobbs and Shaw is looking like it's gonna take some of my money. I need a new paycheck. <laughs> so all right, we're gonna keep you updated. But uh, yeah, let us know what you think. Would you think would it change your opinion of Avatar at all if Vin Diesel's in it? Let us know. We're gonna move on because there's a curious little thing that came out of CinemaCon, a little mystery afoot. And that is Fox, or Disney, rather, is putting up dates of release for New Mutants, the uh, X-Men movie that the world forgot about because Professor X erased our minds or <laughs> just because it kind of went through all these crazy production woes. I mean, yeah, if you haven't been keeping up, the X-Men movies have been trying to release two more installments for the last two years yeah. and failing to do so, which is the New Mutants, which was about, you know, a young class, a young group of mutants who were basically all have like some kind of m trauma or mental issue that lands them in this kind of asylum 
and is a very horror-themed kind of thing. It's adapting the Demon Bear storyline, which is about a demonic presence haunting, you know, Danny Moonstar. Mm. And that was going to be kind of this X-Men meets horror film that, we, like, everybody was real excited about. They did all the marketing promotion. They did a trailer. Yeah, and then it, it disappeared. the trailer looked great. So yeah. long ago. That's yeah, so, so long, ago. long ago, right? Like, years. And what's crazy is that movie was all but done. Yeah. Like, that's the no, crazy they, part. No, they did yeah. a cut of it, and they did it, and it was not. And then when they realized, oh, this whole superheroes meets horror thing is every big box office film right now doubled up. Like, let's push more of the horror angle. Yeah. And then somewhere in there, I don't know what happened, but it's something missed, started to yeah. get messy or lost, or and New Mutants has just been in limbo. But now at CinemaCon, there's, you know, there's marketing for it, there's a date for it, but we still have no idea or confirmation that it's going to be a theatrical release. There's been talk that it could be hitting Disney Plus yeah. or other streaming services or would get some other kind of release. But you know, to be promoting it at CinemaCon and adding dates to it seems... Odd if they were just going to yeah, push it on the streaming service. If it was just going to be a streaming service. So maybe in August, we will actually get New Mutants. Uh, I would like to see that happen because, like we said, like we saw this trailer years ago, and we're or a year or a year and a half or what? It was I don't quite know, about no. a year ago. Year ago, yeah. yeah. And we were kind of like, and we were in for it, and like we were ready for that. So I was. Can we get this instead of Dark Phoenix? I would take it instead of Dark Phoenix. That's just me. I know that's an unpopular opinion with, like, if Jamie Lovett's listening to this, he's, like, throwing the computer at the wall. He just wants to finish his uh, X-Men universe and move on. And, and after yesterday and the Spider-Man fiasco, we don't need this. Yeah, after we're arguing no, about Spider-Man Spider reboots and stuff, I know he does, he's not trying to hear this. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll keep you updated, as always. But uh, we, I personally want to see New Mutants. It sounds like Connor does. Matt's, meh. I'm, I I wasn't sold on the original trailer. I was fine. I was like, okay, I get I get doing a different thing, and that's cool. That's not necessarily the new mutants I wanted, so I'm um, cool. I'm just like, hey. but I do still. If you have a finished project like that, I want it to come out. Like yeah. I I want it to hit. A I theater. think for me, I just want to finish up this X Men yeah. universe clean. Like yeah. I just want to do it clean. End of the story. Let's move on. Because if you pedal it to like a streaming service, it's going to get not near the attention. It's going to like, I don't know. I just feel like that's a disservice to it. Yeah, and if you do out. that, what happens if it's great? Yeah, right? And then it's just like, oh, well, hope you like that because we're not doing that again. Then you've lost it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So yeah. we'll keep you updated on what's going on with that. But uh, New Mutants, keep your eyes peeled. All right. Stay tuned because when we come back, we are going to deep dive into that Joker trailer and these guys are going to set us up for WrestleMania 35. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. 
Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All right, so let's talk about the thing that I'm actually on the couch for today. Um, and I mean, a movie that is definitely coming out. Yeah, and a movie that is definitely coming out. <laughs> Confirmed. Confirmed. Go uh, yes, that is Todd Phillips's Joker, which stars Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker in this DC standalone kind of Elseworlds style movie, which kind of examines how a man named Arthur Fleck goes through this slow descent into madness and ends up as the Joker. So we got this new first trailer for it and we've all been kind of really wondering about it and yeah i mean it's safe to say that this was unlike any comic book movie trailer we've probably ever seen right like none of the usual staples this is very much i mean if you had told me this was like a focus features art house yeah very much that movie kind of independent movie like yeah very much that vibe right Mm -hmm. even when the makeup hits and you start yeah. to see that even then like when he's on the stairs and like there's so many weird little touches to this yes definitely thought it had a very indie when when the thing popped up like i would have seen like sundance it's like oh yeah. hey we showed this and this won all these awards and whatever yeah. fun does official sundance selection <laughs> 2019 yeah, right? yeah so we saw joker and uh i guess we'll go through and just kind of give our opinions about it um i'm a little triggered about this one because I really did like the trailer, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm interested in the concept, but I think it's the reactions that I've seen, especially on social media, which, you know, you always got to take with a huge grain of salt, Ambien, and some alcohol, but, like, <laughs> you got to... It's got real dark. Like, you really got to... I mean, people are just freaking out, and they're freaking out about the most pedantic crap about it. Like, it's not Jared Leto. It, it's become a big thing out of this. Somehow this has inspired a whole Leto was the greatest or great movement. Revisionist history? Yeah, revi- yeah. a lot of, <laughs> that's the exact term I've been using, a lot of revisionist history. Leto's now great. The killing joke is now stupid. <laughs> Heath Ledger is like the only, is the, Heath Ledger's Joker is, you know, a, the force of nature Joker is the only way we can ever go with this character. Oh, yeah. uh, like, all of these things are you're going to hear re- multiplied th- in t- internet stupidity over and over again. Put it right up there with the Snyder Cut. I was going to say, yeah. it's, it's it's BVS all over again. Yeah, Justice it is. League I mean, came out, and all of a sudden, the Snyder universe and the Snyder Cut was this gold mine, even though everyone... Oh, hold on, because Kofi really likes that universe. I mean, I really love the Snyder. I'm saying, though, I love that Batman was not the case when that came out. No, there was a lot no, of people that were like, no, this is crap people, on a plate. <laughs> no, Zack Snyder got sanctified after Justice League yeah. for some reason. I mean, I was riding with Man of Steel and the ultimate cut of Batman vs. Superman. And I think the ultimate cut of Batman vs. Superman is why I like Joker. Okay. And I'm kind of in the process of just getting these thoughts out into a, an editorial. But um, yeah, Batman versus Superman, if you watch the ultimate cut, and there's a, there's an article we have on the site called Why Batman and Superman is Smarter Than You Think, and it's where I just did this like multi-thousand word breakdown of how that film is like a social allegory for polyp- for politics and society and post 9-11 America and everything that was happening, you know, where Batman is this kind of militaristic post 9-11 law, you know, screw, you know, we gotta give up freedoms for security type mm-hmm. deal. Superman's this kind of old, you know, nostalgic, almost liberal kind of way of thinking, and the movie kind of clashes these two political ideas literally together, yeah. and then has them strike, kind of eliminates the kind of otherness 
that they're feeling by making not a political but like a personal connection with the mm-hmm. whole Martha moment, which no matter what version of the movie it in falls flat on its face. <laughs> but the but we got where it was there. going. Yeah, we, we got where it was going. And so Joker is exciting to me because I think people are underestimating what you can do. This isn't a comic book movie, right? Yeah. So you don't have to worry about continuity if it's in the DCEU or not, or how it syncs up to Jared Leto's Joker or whatever. Like none of that's important. This isn't about like the Joker who's in a universe with Batman and yeah. doing all this battle. This is taking a character who is a worldwide icon, the arguably most iconic superhero comic book villain, and using that iconography to, to say something about society and life and what it can do in almost this taxi driver Scorsese kind of way. And I think the Joker is just the end product, but not the point of the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm which is just kind of a dark reflection of how certain aspects, and I think it's not a mistake that this is set in 1980s, almost America, mm-hmm. where there's all these things that I wrote down, just things from the 80s, like releasing, you know, we stopped caring for the mentally ill and put them out on, on the streets. Gordon Gecko, greed is good culture, became, you know, the culture under Reagan and all this stuff. Urban America began to become like, you know, a war zone and hellhole with the crack epidemic and all that stuff. And all of these other elements, the threat of destruction from the Cold War and what psychological effects. Not only these are these historical things, but these are important factors that shaped some of the most iconic Batman stories mm-hmm. out of that. Namely, like The Killing Joke, The Dark Knight Returns, two, just taking those two Batman stories which were hugely influenced by, like I said, the socio-political realities of the time. And are now crap. And, and now, yeah, now <laughs> people are telling us are crap. Or just crap because revision is history, right? But can, I like, a, can I ask a question, though? Yeah. There's a weird kind of underlying tone in this that feels to involve body horror in a way. Exactly, yeah. Like, are we expecting this to be... I know we're expecting it to be dark-ish, but, like, are we expecting horror tinges to it? Yeah, I'm expecting, like, almost – what I I can't say for sure, but when I watched the trailer, at first I was only, only like, eh. But then I started – me and Matt talked about this. Like, you watch Joaquin Phoenix's performance in the scenes, and which scenes do they select for the yeah. trailer? And each scene is a scene where you can look at it two different ways. Almost. And it's kind of like a smiling on the outside, mm-hmm. crying on the inside type of dichotomy, right? I um, mean, we talked about like the one with Francis Conroy who plays his mother and she's in the bath and he's pouring the water over her head. At first it looks playful and happy. <laughs> and then you watch it a few times and you watch Phoenix and it's like there's this subtle hint of menace throughout so all disturbing. of it. <laughs> and they use it the fact that you know who the Joker is, what he is and what he's capable of as the kind of unspoken menace of this trailer. Like, so this guy sitting, if you see Arthur Fleck sitting with a woman and pouring in a bathtub, pouring water over her head, you know, it looks playful. If you start to think this is the Joker sitting over somebody in a bathtub, you know, playing with them, you're like, I almost got the sense that like that scene is him actually killing his mother. Exactly. Like like, like, how long before he drowns her. Yeah. Yeah. The dancing scene has that same creepy vibe, right? Because you've seen in other books and other media, Joker doing that kind of playful, I'm going to dance with you and whatever. And then you just look at his face and it's just, 
you know who he is that does inform exactly. your opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And every scene in the trailer is him just simmering, boiling, building. He's on the elevator with a mental patient and he's clenching his fist and he's just sitting there. He's talking to Brian Tyree Henry's orderly at, at Arkham State Hospital. And he's just, and the dude's, and Brian Tyree Henry's looking at him like, you look crazy AF. And he's just like, what? Yeah, that's the <laughs> yeah. thing. It's like one word. Yeah. He says one word, but it's so, like, that's, a, I mean, that's props to Joaquin, too. That's props to the direction. I mean, there's a lot of really cool stuff going on. Yeah, and you can see how, like, that scene where he's just twirling in a bathroom and there's blood under his chin, like, you can see how that could have come right after some horrific murder scene. Yeah. Like, and this is what I'm in for, and I hope it goes there. Like, I hope that when the, and this is a Todd Phillips thing to do. Like, if you've ever seen some of his works, like, yeah, he can build it up, and then the wheels really, it goes really to crazy town. And I hope this really does go to kind of like seven-ish serial killer crazy town. Well, and like you guys were talking about, like, there's like three spots in this trailer that it could. Like, you can see, like, okay, I can literally, in my head, see right after that scene, he, like, decapitates someone or he puts like you know what i mean like he just goes to town you can see those little hints exactly. throughout multiple times i hope he delivers i gotta say i love the taxi driver reference because i think one aspect of this movie that they're really going to dive into is how does a character become this way in the world that they're in like we talk about the killing joke that was about one character having a particularly bad day and seeing just how far he can be driven this one is an entire lifetime of living in a certain world that shapes you into this madness. Yeah. And I think I think the world is going to play just as big of a character as the players we're seeing on screen. And like I like what you mentioned because a lot of people pointed out, like Jim said, the body horror aspect, the Cronenberg stuff, like uh, not quite Cronenberg, but like because Heath Ledger's Joker did play with this idea too, right? Mm -hmm. Of like the white makeup being like the rot and like he's kind of rotting his yellow teeth, like all of that. He kind of incorporated his body and it, it's almost like in this, if you look at him, like it, the way he's straining, it's like the world's kind of like eating away at him, mm -hmm. like literally. And he's just kind of, I wouldn't be surprised if he got skinnier and skinnier and just kind of like emaciated and just kind of gross looking and by the end and kind of crazy. So these are all very subtle things that I think for me, I would like to see that character study. I don't need Batman in this. like. So you're not liking the like the whole well it doesn't have batman so it's not thomas wayne a very young bruce yeah yeah i mean i don't care i mean with, i don't care with about the most that. ironic line in the whole thing about fighting who would mask. fight under and that's a, a great mask. line yeah i love that I mean, it's like, a great that's, line yeah that's a great line exactly like um, who would do this like you know hiding behind a mask a cat, yeah like, like yeah. it's like oh spot on that's yeah. that's really well done but that's all i need like i don't even need that but it's just nice to have yeah. like those little touches but i agree with you as far as like i was one who early on was really bummed that DC for a minute in the books kind of stopped doing those Elseworlds stories. And those were opportunities for them to kind of explore these different aspects without having to worry about continuity, having to worry about, well, this person met this person a month ago. And so I gotta, I gotta tether that. And now that the movies, whether it's because of their unfortunate start or like DC's kind of mishandling of things, now that they're kind of rolling with this, I think it's great. I think this is the way to really get out some of those iconic characters and really explore stuff yeah. in them. Yeah. And I think like, yeah, the Joker can be a force of nature, but like, yeah, the Joker is the Joker before he meets Batman. Mm -hmm. That's an important thing that I feel like people forget. People always say like, well, you can't have the Joker if you don't have Batman. It's like, no, man. The Joker was somebody who stumbles across Batman and 
finds his favorite plaything in Batman. Yeah. Who, who finds completion when he does find Batman. Before that, he was still the Joker. I think some of that is also the fault of the books in, at times, because depending on, because like we talk about the fluidity of these things, like any comic, different creative teams kind of take more of a, one wouldn't exist without the other. One, you know, because Batman Two is halves of the there. same coin. Yeah, and sometimes they push that agenda for a little bit, and then it goes back to kind of what it used to be, which is more this take of like one existed and then saw the other one and went, ha ha, I finally have yeah. like, you know, yeah, it's, it's that, very much that. Ironically, that's how Heath Ledger's Joker was. Mm -hmm. Like, if, and I think that's like one of the hypocrisies. If this had been a Heath Ledger Joker origin story, like people would have been behind it. Oh, yeah. Probably. Like, they'd have been like, oh, that's awesome. I, I also want to point out that, like, can we just say for the record, too, that the Joker has had one of the most beloved and embraced Jokers was Jack Nicholson. Yep. <laughs> who I was going to bring that definitely <laughs> had an origin story. Yeah. Yes. So we've already seen a Batman Joker origin story, and not only did it not fall apart, but it became people's favorite Joker until Heath Ledger came along. And even then... They, yeah. they crapped all over it for exactly. I don't know how long. Yeah. And we were back in the same situation where Heath Ledger's Joker came along and we were back having the same conversation we are having right now. <laughs> people saying, oh, this isn't a Joker, blah, blah, blah. This is just crap. It's going to fail. And now it's just, once that history is behind us, let's yep. revise it. And now it's just Heath Ledger's Very Joker much. is the greatest Joker ever. And, and this will go on. Some people saying, like, he's rolling in his grave. You shouldn't even attempt this. Oh, like, God. Heath Ledger and... Joaquin Phoenix were contemporaries. They were friends. Mm -hmm. They were both yeah. courting kind of, you know, Oscars in the early 2000s together. Like, these guys respected each other. Mm -hmm. So I don't think Heath Ledger would be mad about this. No. And like I said in an article or on Twitter, like, in fact, I think he even me being like, damn, I wish I could have, like, had the chance to work <laughs> like this material, right. too, like, and do that. So I'm behind Joker myself. Um, I think if there's any fair criticism, it's that, Todd Phillips himself can be inconsistent, so making sure that this film carries what we saw in the trailer all the way throughout is a question mark. But as far as the concept, like, I'm good with it, and I want to see more. And I definitely want to see this, and let's be honest, I think a lot of these people who are hating right now will be in those They'll be videos. buying their tickets. Yeah. They'll be kidding themselves. <laughs> They'll be buying their tickets. So, yeah, absolutely. I I'm down for this. I, I was curious about it when they announced it and i've kind of like set it on the back burner like we'll kind of see if that actually happens especially with dc and stuff and once we started to get more castings and details like we also i'm really like curious too to see like mark maron's part in this yeah. like there's some other characters that there's just so many weird like really small like not yeah. small parts but with like good actors mark maron shay wiggum yeah who's uh like from a bunch of stuff i can't even remember boardwalk empire a bunch of other stuff um yeah, Zazie Beats. Yeah. You know, as Domino, kind of, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that scene of him with the flowers at the end is like her apartment. And I feel like it's going to end really badly for her. Yeah. And that scene of him dancing down the stairs at the end might be something. I love that scene so after much. After that. And uh, yeah, but uh, all right. So if you want to know about, about Joker, we have it up on the site. Come discuss. Let us know your feelings. And we are going to move on and be talking about some wrestling. Connor, Matt. Tell us about this little festival that's happening in WrestleMania <laughs> Well, WrestleMania 35 is this Sunday at MetLife Stadium. It's got 500 matches, and we're going to break woo, down woo. all of them. I just, just for you. Thank you. There it is. We're going to break down all of them. No, I'm just kidding. We're just going to talk about a couple. So there are so many matches going on this weekend. Yeah. But let's talk about what, what overperforms. What, 
What Let's steals the whole week? Kofi. <laughs> that, you know, you say that, but it's that's going to be actually, the Cinderella story of the weekend. Yeah, that's actually my answer is I think the Daniel Bryan Kofi match for as high as the expectations are, I think it breaks him. I really? Think, because we haven't talked. Nobody's been talking about just how good Daniel Bryan has been as a heel. Like you go back and watch that fast lane match, even though the booking made no sense. That's a match of the year contender out of nowhere. The guy barely wrestles on SmackDown anymore, so we don't really talk about it. But the dude has just been absolutely perfect as this vicious heel when he breaks out those stomps. He's got the yeah. black trunks and boots. A lot of the flair is gone, but the intensity is all still there. And you match that with Kofi, who is sitting right over here and has been putting on his absolute <laughs> best work. Yes, I have. In his 11-year career in, in the that works. The League of Kofis has been doing that. <laughs> and I'll, I'll say this. I've been going through a lot of old WrestleMania pre-match promos, and I keep running into that Daniel Bryan monster one from 30. If the pre-match promo for this doesn't beat that in terms of hype, someone has messed up because yeah. you have so much material to work with. You've got a decade's worth. If that doesn't start with, oh, by the way, I was this goofy Jamaican guy for a few years, and no one took me seriously, uh, leading all the way up to this there is an incredible story you can just tell in about a four-minute video right yeah. there. That alone, I think, is going to be a highlight of the weekend. Wow. Okay. What else? What do we else do we got that's big? What should we be like looking out for? So uh, the Raw uh, Tag Team Titles, obviously. Say, oh, <laughs> you know it, bro. <laughs> um, well, okay. So the other big match uh, before I get to my pick would be, and this is one I almost put here, mm -hmm. but I don't think it will overperform. I think it will meet all my expectations. Is the big main event between Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair for two titles now because they weren't content with one. <laughs> That's like been your jam this whole time. It is. And the only reason I'll put it here is because I don't think, I think it will be as good as I'm imagining. I don't know if it'll like surpass that. Like it would have to do something pretty kind of out. Cause I already expect a lot. I already have it on a pretty high pedestal. So I, I think it's going to be great. They've, they've already delivered in their promos and their matches together. I think this is just going to be, it's going to be great. And I think, I hope, uh, well, you know what? I'll wait. I'll hold that for, for a later topic. Cause that feeds into another thing we're going to talk about a little bit. All righty. Um, now, what do you think is the biggest letdown of the night? Uh, oh, okay. Uh, Any one of the battle royals? No. That's pre show. It doesn't count. I think it's, oh, this pains me. I think it's going to be Triple H and Batista. That was my no, pick. No, stop that it. That was my Woo! pick. The only letdown. Hold on a second. Producer the only James. reason that's going to be a letdown is because Batista's not going to win. We know it's, no, he's not going to win. It was producer James. Okay. And it ruins the ending. It was James Vizcardi's birthday. Don't take this away from him. So it's not the letdown. But yeah, have you watched any of Triple H's last two years of matches. Yeah. They've all, almost all of them have been boring as sin. Or bad. Or just flat out bad. But I think it's because, because Triple H over the last, last two years has had fairly bad opponents in the sense yes. that their, uh, his last two opponents have been fairly slow. Um, Seth? I, the, the, style, the style in which that they wrestled in both those matches was slow. And I don't know if that's be with like, especially with the Seth one, I don't know if that was because of Triple H or if that was because of Seth, but it didn't move. 
Is it because these are old ass men we are talking? Well, here, here's why it's going to disappoint. One with a people well, are, just people are, recovered pectoral muscle. <laughs> here's why it's going to disappoint. People are, people are going to be rooting for Batista. He's not going to win. Yes. Triple H loves to have these matches. Not necessarily be slow, but long and drawn out. He loves yeah. the pace to build. And this is a no-holds-barred match. This shouldn't go more than 15 minutes. It's going <laughs> to it's gonna get about 25, and we're going to be like, okay, we're sick of this, and you gave it to the guy we didn't want I, to. Also, this is not peak Batista either. No, this he is, hasn't wrestled in We don't know that. He has, five years. We don't know really, that. Almost every wrestler, it is always a surprise when they come out and we go, oh, hey, they actually here's, look like Here's what I think is going to happen. We're, we're either going to get, Batista is going to either. He's not going to win. Listen, but here's the thing. He's either going to, to, to destroy Triple H during the match. God, I wish. And that would, thing, be, that either, would be good. I either Randy Orton and Ric Flair will come out or DX will come out. And bail and bail triple. So sting. So it'll be sting over again. Even yeah. though he and that went so well. Did not put Sting over. Right. And that was so sad to right. watch all these old men <laughs> run down the ramp. Are you kidding me? You didn't like DX versus NWO? No. Because it because, was because, oh, wait for my walker. <laughs> <laughs> and no one bo- yeah, no don't, one don't bothered. Go that low, my knees. Don't go that low. <laughs> Nobody bothered to address it's like, hey X Pac, you were with both of us. Are <laughs> yeah, you gonna address you. this? No. Double agent. I just here. I want it to be great. I just have this feeling that, especially after that Saudi Arabia match with Triple H and Shawn Michaels, and that was so What's funny is he was in the best shape of all four of those guys, and and he's the one that gets hurt. Yeah, so I just, I have very, I'm very cautious, and that's saying something when Kurt Angle Versus that gonna be the on the stinker of yeah, it's gonna be terrible. <laughs> but wait, 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 one, which one? What's Kurt Angle doing? Kurt so, Angle is doing his farewell match against Baron Corbin. Even though most people think like Cor- something will happen to Corbin and someone else will come in. And Jack Snodgrass worships the ground he walks on. Yeah. So 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 if we just take it as is, Kurt Angle's big farewell will be a match against Baron Corbin. Mm. Kurt Angle has looked rough here's, in recent matches. Anyway, here's a glimmer of hope. John Cena announced today at CinemaCon that he is done filming that firefighter movie that, that he's doing. He is so done he filming. Shave his head. He can. <laughs> he can there is a, a shot that John Cena shows up and, wrestle, and wrestles Kurt Angle. But if he shows up, how will we know that he's there? Uh, oh. Even if he does, yep, yep. though, it's not going to be the best match because Angle is just not what Angle he is used to. so he's just he can't move. He's very but it will be ten times better I'm a, than I am a I am a giant Kurt Angle. Mark, yes, right. But like, I want to see. Um, I want it, it has to be John Cena to be the one to send him out. It can't be. And it's it's a perfect tie into his debut. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. It's got to come full circle. Now, if they really want to get smart with it, he'll come out to uh, Word Life. <laughs> he'll, he'll come out in the old school rap getup, no, say ruthless aggression. He'll come out. He'll come out in his prototype tights. Okay, oh, tights <laughs> <laughs> never looked right. Uh, so okay, so that brings us to which of the big three? Because there are so, three main matches, right? Well, there, there's three like. Baby we, face we, There's three, like, if if all of these three matches go a certain way, if it's, you know, the Universal title match, WWE Championship match, and the main event, if all the baby faces win those, people will say this is the greatest card ever. But this is this is a Vince McMahon-produced <laughs> card, so at least one of those guys isn't walking out without a title. Isn't, walk, isn't winning at the end of the night. Brock, so, which Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar is winning. So of, between Rollins, Kingston, and Lynch, who's getting screwed? Rollins, easily. He's the, he's the one who can who can get screwed and still be okay. Yes, 
right? Like because because well, there's well, because there, there's been no true build up to the Brock and Seth thing. It's just it's a match that's happening. No one really kind of cares about it because everyone kind of expects Brock to win. And I can honestly, there is no, there's been no hint that Seth has a chance at winning this thing. But here's the thing. That's why though, but like I don't your think, description but I think just seems like that's a huge swerve. If they do it, if they push it, that I wouldn't even be surprised if that is the third to last match. Like, yeah. like that's not even, that's it, not even that's like, probably I think midway that, in the show. Yeah. It's probably going to be midway in the show. And that's, and that is probably how you will know. That's I, I Seth, go, Seth loses. I go with it being Rollins also only because there's a there's a laziness to the WWE when it comes to Brock. When when Roman went out with leukemia, they had an option between, hey, we can build up a new guy in Braun Strowman, who if they had given him the title at Crown Jewel, I'd say he'd still be champion right now. Yeah, yes. would Instead, they went with the easy route and said, let's give back to Brock, keep him off TV. We've got other people that can, you know, carry the show for a while until we need him again. I will say, though, Seth has looked so good this last year and a half or so. And Lesnar's got and his just, fight coming up, uh, right? It just sucks. Doesn't matter. It, he does have a fight coming up, but they've always been hinting at the, well, what if he walks here's, out there and he's got the, the WWE the belt? He could always drop it Monday night. Belt. He could drop it Monday but night. But I hate that. I, I hate that. Because okay. there's always a big there's always a big thing that happens I know, Monday but I don't. What, okay, so so here's my Okay, do, does Seth really need a WrestleMania win? No. He's, no, like, he he's doesn't. He's bulletproof. That's oh, what man, I mean. I've been that. slipping. Woo! <laughs> he does not need, he doesn't need a WrestleMania win. Becky he needs does. the win, and Kofi needs the win. Seth, I do Kofi need, I need a win. Kofi absolutely <laughs> needs the win. Now, I here's the thing. I, I kind of came around because you had a theory. Which one? About Kofi Kingston. Oh, God, yes. And you kind of sort of put that worm in my brain, and now I haven't been able to get it out. And so if... Oh, what? Okay, so, <laughs> so here, here's the Give theory. Give me Star Trek 2. <laughs> so, so here's the theory. Co so Kofi Kingston has this long gauntlet match where if he beats five guys in a row, he's got a title shot. He does it, Vince comes out and says, eh, you got one more guy because I'm a prick, and it's Daniel Bryan. And he loses, and we're thinking, okay, he's going to hold SmackDown hostage next week to try and fix things. And then it comes out next week and it's Xavier Woods and Big E and instead they Biggie. go, Big E right there. <laughs> Why do you have him in your pocket? He's right here. He's got a little unicorn. Let Connor finish. All right, so they come out and they're like, you know what? We're all going to quit because we. this is exactly how high we know we can get and you're not letting us go any higher. And Vince says, you know what? If you two win a gauntlet tag team match, then Kofi gets the spot. They go through hell, and they end up winning it for him. So that's how so, he's in this so spot. So this long story for Kingston's road to finally getting a one-on-one -on -one shot, he didn't even get. And if they swerve and they have Brian beat him, then Xavier and Big E, who said, look, we were about to put our careers on the line for you. We gave you the shot in the Elimination Chamber over one of us in the first place. We have moved heaven and earth to try to get you to this spot, and you kept failing. Oh, and, and so they, they break split. up the new day. So here's just to be oh. different from you two, because I, there was a part of me that does unfortunately think Rollins could lose, even though I don't want that to be the case because I'm so sick of Brock Lesnar. That's why I didn't bring his pop. <laughs> Screw that guy. So I'm tired of Brock being the same matches over and over and over. So as a opposition pick, I will say Kofi. All right. Loses oh. as a big old middle finger. I was going to say, if anything, audience. that match becomes like a random like handicap or triple threat match. Something happens to where he doesn't walk away the clean 
I pin Brian. I get my WrestleMania championship. That would be moment. an Undertaker losing level surprise. I yeah. Think. Although I like again, that's just a theory. I think they do give it to Kofi. Theory. Um, <laughs> when it comes to the main event, if it if that does happen, you heard it here first. And there you go. If 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 anything happens in the main event, I think it's Ronda somehow walks away with both titles and becomes she the Brock of the division. I will lose Ronda my Rousey? mind. <laughs> oh, you're not the Ronda Rousey train? Not when she's against Becky Lynch. Lynch no, oh, Becky Lynch better be walking out of that thing with Woo. both belts. I can see Charlotte winning that match. Because she better Charlotte. <laughs> Although, I will say this. I, I want to see it happen just to see McIntyre. I am so, so pissed. I think having Charlotte win the SmackDown title was the biggest indication that they didn't have full confidence in this match because a day somehow after you announce that they've got the main event spot <laughs> Vince goes on Tuesday after and he goes shoot this thing needs more hype uh, uh, give, <laughs> give Charlotte the Smackdown title and we'll screw have a, over we'll have a, a winner take all thing <laughs> it's like are you going to put the tag titles in this too so someone just has four belts walking It'd around it be really like, interesting to close. see if they do away with the brand split and they start consolidating some stuff now if that's the case that would be interesting too but I don't that's, that seems to be more a raw thing the night after i don't think they're gonna do that here there's too much already well, we're getting a shake up and they'll probably do something when we get closer to the, the fox deal and smackdown so last question i got for you well hold on i'm gonna sneak one more thing in only because i didn't see your things sure. does it uh, finn balor's bringing back the demon and nobody cares right uh, i care the entrance would be great nobody cares. nothing else that match it's gets against bobby lashley that yeah, match take cares. three minutes right does he but win i care yeah i care about that Dude, he's hooked into this Finn thing like, <laughs> I for like the next but year. But it's Bobby Lashley. You made which some is big like, proclamations on this podcast. He might as well be wrestling a cardboard cutout. That's how <laughs> wow. interesting it is. <laughs> Jesus. Bobby Lashley was almost it was carrying the he's, WWE for a little while. And what happened? Now he's patting his rear to the audience. He's got Leo Showing Rush running around. Pose. Jesus. All right. <laughs> So, I have a Bobby Lashley shirt. Okay, I'm not opposed to Bobby Lashley. We're into so, true confessions at this point. <laughs> Good. Connor, what's your last question? The last question is, WrestleMania is never just WrestleMania. There is an entire weekend of shows. As we are recording this, there are already shows happening in New York City right now. So my question to you is, of all the shows that are going on, what is the match of the weekend? Oh, la, 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 la. You know what? I almost... I, why don't you go first? Because I actually am still trying to. I'm debating between two. It it kind of has to be Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano at NXT Takeover. Oh my God! I'm surprised. Because no, here's the thing: there's no loot. There's no way this you're match. One of, you're, ends. you're one of those guys. Here's the thing: there, look at the judginess. No matter what, <laughs> no matter what Who's happens. Who's a secret in the wrestling snob? No matter what happens, the fans win. Because if Gargano wins, it's the culmination of a years long story. Right. If Cole wins. It gives the most popular faction in the developmental brand the top title. Either a match way, match of the weekend. Yeah, I, and it's a two out of three falls, so they're going to give those guys plenty of time. Velveteen Dream and Matt Riddle is a close second, though, and so is Naito and Ibushi at the Garden. So your top three matches aren't even taking place. Nope. On the main show. Nope. All right, so I'm going to say one. I'm going to get hate. I gave you three. You you did give me three. Look, I'll take two then. If you go with the main event, I swear to God. I'll take two then. No, no, no. I wasn't (laughs) going with that. I think from a pure wrestling, like, man, that was a great match. And it comes out of nowhere because the buildup has been less than stellar. AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. Oh, my God. Could be a great what? match. Are you kidding me? That the most boring wrestler of all time match. against the Not against compared to Randy Bobby Orton's, against no Randy Orton's six boring. moves of doom? <laughs> He's got six whole moves of doom. I don't have one move. 
What's the second? <laughs> What's the second one? Second one is the main event because Connor's gonna yell at me. <laughs> and so we come to an unceremonious <laughs> end to a great wrestling discussion. Uh, WrestleMania 35 this weekend. After this, which was unexpectedly fun for me, even, <laughs> we are definitely bringing like the three of you back next week after this is over to see like you know what. I get happened. raked over what the coals yeah. about how Triple H and Batista stole the show. It's yeah, fun. God. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. If you want to ride with us and you aren't already, we put up new episodes on comicbook.com every Wednesday, every Friday, where you can subscribe to our RSS feed or you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Yep. Yes, Google Podcasts, where you can find us on any one of those things that you listen to but sorry for you amazon music people we're still not there yet buddy but maybe one day <laughs> i'll uh, say all of the t-shirts have been mailed out today okay Ooh. all right that's a good update t-shirts We've been are reading everybody's reviews if you guys leave us a good review on any of those platforms and we every week or so we read some reviews you get a free comic book t-shirt and we have made sure they are all out in the mail we had some shipping issues but they are solved so you guys should all be getting your t-shirts if we've read your reviews and if you would like some comic book swag make sure you go to any one of those platforms and leave us a good review so that we can read it and get it to you if you want to continue any of the discussion you heard today you can find us on twitter at the hashtag comic book nation and you can find us individually on twitter i'm at kofi outlaw dot or so close. I am at Matt Mueller CB. Connor Casey underscore CB. And Jim Viscardi, you want to drop yours? Because you said Viscardi, a lot of folks. crazy wrestling Jim things. Woo, woo, woo. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. That, I, I think, I, think I, did it, I did it. I thought we were at an unceremonious <laughs> end before. But here we are. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time on Comic Book Nation. <laughs>